Good morning, good morning. Good morning. We serve a great God. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah, yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Okay, I'm ready, yeah. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus.
praise you. God, we thank you. Yes, Lord. God, we thank you. Yes, Lord. For you are good. Yes. Yes. Get out of witness. You are good. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. When I think of the goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of Jesus. Thank you, God. And all He's done for us. I can't help but praise Him. I can't help but worship Him.
Lord of Lords, He is a wonderful. three persons. God in three persons. Blessed, blessed Don't ever forget that one God who reveals himself in three persons. Not three manifestations. Three distinct personalities but still one God we don't serve three gods he's God the Father he's God the Son I'm trying to give y'all some doctrine he's got the Holy Spirit but he's all God 
God the Father created the universe. God the Holy Spirit and God the Father and God the Son said, let us make man. God the Son came all the way down on Christmas Day. Stayed for about 33 years. And God the Son said, I got to go back. But I'm going to leave you with a comforter. And right now on the inside, somebody ought to say, God the Holy Spirit is messing with my mind. He's ministering to my... Is there anybody here that... He's in three persons. Three persons. Blessed Trinity. Blessed Trinity. Hallelujah. Thine the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thine the glory. Revive us. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord another great big hand praise. One more hand praise. Amen. Bow with me if you don't mind. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again for the privilege of being able to be in this place in your, in your presence with these, your people. This is holy ground. We bow down and we worship you in the name of Jesus. Let not one person leave this house without feeling the power of your presence. Help us to not leave here the same way we came in. Help us not to leave the same. In Jesus' name, speak to us through your word, Lord. Anoint us afresh. We need a fresh anointing. We need spirit. We need strength. And we need you to help us, lift us, heal us, deliver us, save us. And we'll be careful to forever give your name the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Name we pray. amen. And amen. God bless you. Come on and give this praise team and these singers some love. Amen. Amen. I'm about to break a uh, rule of public preaching and speaking. Um, and that is, I'm just going to tell you straight up, I am struggling today. Um, with my voice and all of that. And I'm just saying that, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that uh, uh, so that y'all have a little sympathy. I'm not gonna kid you, I, amen. So when y'all look up there, just bless him, Lord, amen. And say amen a little louder. I see, I got some help. I got some people in the back. I, I see the sympathy already coming, amen. Bless your spirit, I love you, amen. I, I struggled at the first service and I'm gonna tell you right now, if y'all don't help me, I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna preach long, okay? I'm, I'm, I cut it off. I cut it short. Amen. But I ain't doing it this time. I'm going to preach the whole gospel. The full gospel. Amen. If Amen. There is a word from the Lord. We're continuing our series entitled Christmas Unwrapped. Thank you so much for those of you. If you have not heard uh, the previous uh, messages, I invite you to go back um, on YouTube or our um, a Facebook page, wherever those uh, uh, media 
uh, videos of our services are, and I, I assure you, you will be blessed. Amen. And we've been talking about the journey to Christmas. We talked about opportunities missed at Christmas. Today, we want to talk about the choices we make. The choices we make. We've been looking in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 2, but we want to back up to chapter 1. And there's a prequel to chapter 2. Chapter 2 is when he's born. Chapter 1 talks about it. Chapter 1, beginning at verse 18 in the New Living Translation, and it's re it reads like this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The word of God for the people of God. All praises be to God. You may be seated. The choices we make. I grew up in church. In the 70s, that's all we did. I think Sundays was just for church. Whatever time the sun, actually before the sun went up, and way after the sun went down, we were in church. And for us as children, one of our favorite times of the years was Christmas. Growing up in church for me, where my father was the pastor, every Christmas season, we would have a Christmas play. It just was not even, you don't have to even put it on the calendar, it was going to happen. And it's obvious, the characters, the cast of characters, we knew them every year. First, you had the baby Jesus in the crib, Mary, the wise men, the Magi, uh, the shepherds, so on and so, for, so forth. It, with, as with most nativity sets, there were some extra figures whose identity we didn't exactly know. Some figures who we couldn't hardly tell who they were, and one of them happened to be Joseph. With the exception of him standing or sitting right next to Mary, we couldn't tell who he was. And just like in those Christmas plays, in reality, Joseph is the silent character of Christmas. Surprisingly, in the text, Joseph doesn't say a word. He is an extra, sort of like a minor character that gets credit in the cast of characters but no one ever considered him central or significant in the story of Christmas. He says nothing, he is silent, but he's sacrificial. He is remarkably simple in his obedience, but he is also simply remarkable in what he is willing to do. He chose to hang everything on the immediate obedience to a word he received from God. I just gave you a clue to the thesis of this sermon. An immediate obedience to a word that he received from God. If you don't know anything else about Joseph, 
he decided to hang everything on immediate obedience to a word he received from God. Now I can tell the rest of it. Because the entire Christmas story in it, Joseph never says a word. He's a supporting actor. He's a character that has no lines. He's silent. And yet, although he has no verbal missives to offer some of us, his life is a visible message for all of us. We watch Joseph. We don't hear Joseph. And in a very real sense, Joseph's actions speak louder than words. Joseph is just some ordinary guy. An ordinary Joe. But his life teaches us how to live extraordinary lives. He is the finest example of a real man in a real situation, dealing with real issues and making real choices. The Bible says in Matthew chapter one, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. He was, his mother was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Listen, y'all, in that day and in that time, in that culture, when you were engaged to somebody, it was a legally binding relationship. The only way out was through death or divorce. That's the engagement period. I mean, I can hear Beyonce screaming loud, put a ring on it. If you're serious, his fiance is pregnant now, but it's not by him. They are engaged. He makes a choice in the engagement after hearing she's pregnant to divorce her quietly. He's broken, he's confused. Think about the heartache and the shame and the scandal and the disgust and the betrayal. He's heard Mary's story. He's considered all her uh, explanations, the evidence. He's concluded this is just too much for me to believe. I mean, who could blame him? How would you feel? I need some help here. Uh, that, that was for the brothers, if, if, if okay, listen. Who, who would believe a story like Mary's? It's impossible that this could happen to her. So how could he possibly believe her? He's struggling with the choices confronting him because his reputation and her life were both in jeopardy. Just when Joseph thought he had all figured life out and things were coming together, one conversation, with one conversation, certainty abandoned him, and now all he has left is questions. How could she make up a story like this? I don't want to ruin her. I love her. And because I love her, the only thing I can do for her is to put an end to all of this quietly and try to move on with my life. He's up against it. <clears throat> He needs healing because watch this. If you don't heal what hurts you, you'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. Can I get a witness? Verse 19, Joseph 
It says it in the Bible, because he was a righteous man. Don't you go, don't read past that too fast. Because he was a righteous man, decided not to expose her to public disgrace, but divorce her quietly. He made this choice because he was a righteous man. A righteous man is not just somebody who wears the title preacher or deacon or even a person that goes to church, a righteous person, you can turn, listen, he shows us uh, many uh, instances of how a righteous person looks, y'all. A, a righteous person does not seek retribution or revenge. A righteous person is merciful, not judgmental. A righteous person is gentle, not harsh. A righteous person is compassionate and not mean-spirited. A whole lot of folk are running around talking about their Christian, but it's a self-righteousness. Righteous people don't drag other people's failures and mistakes and weaknesses out in front of the whole world, all over the internet trying to put somebody to shame. Joseph was a righteous man and Joseph dreams, Joseph's dreams now, his plans for his future, they seem like they are over. But what he did not know was that his ordinary plans were upended for extraordinary purposes. Can I get a witness? Can I ask you a question real quickly? What dreams do you have for your future? What do you do when God shows you that he's got a plan that you weren't planning on? Because Joseph, who was an ordinary carpenter, shows us all how to live extraordinary lives because he, his choice teaches us that number one, you gotta learn how to trust God when things seem impossible. Can I show it to you real quickly? His example, because God often uses adversity as the agent of our advancement. I know we want to think that if we get saved, we go to church, we love on God and we love on people and everything going to be okay. No, God permits the impossible to show us what is truly possible. You, you, you've not really lived a life of faith until you've seen God work the impossible out. In this text, it's a context of impossibility. And in this context of impossibility, the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. Okay, I told y'all, if y'all help me, I won't be long. Y'all pulling back, so I got, to, I got to stretch it out. Here it is. Nothing is in, meaning God can do anything God wants to do. Did y'all know that God is sovereign? He, he can do it the way he, somebody asked me the other day, in fact, we were in a conversation. I was in a conversation with preachers who, who, who adamantly opposed women preachers. And I was raising my hand, I said, you know, I was, I was on that bandwagon until I, I started thinking, why do we hold on to traditions that have no biblical preference? God can call who he wants to call. Just because you are male does not mean that you are qualified. I'm giving y'all that one for free. God is sovereign. If he could call me at the age of nine, I ain't even, I have not even, I, he called me before I even got to junior high school. 
he can call anybody who he wants to. Somebody said it like this. God can call a baboon if he wants to. And by the looks of things, some of them are in the pulpits right now. I, I'm, I'm, I need, that's that ginger messing with me. <laughs> he can do anything. In the Greek language, this word translated into English as, as nothing is tied to a Greek word that most church people know, and that word is rhema. Rhema is spoken word. And that's what you need. You need to make sure that whenever you go to church, you get a rhema word. You, you get a spoken word. A spoken word. It infers in this text, which has uh, been uttered by the living voice, uh, by the living voice. So when the angel says nothing or no thing is impossible, the angel is saying no word of God is impossible. That if God says it, God can do it. No word of God will ever lack the power of God to bring it to fruition. God just speaks and stuff happens. Y'all don't read your Bible, do you? He said, let there be light. And the light was separated from the darkness. He, I wish I had some help here. That if God can create life, y'all, from the dust of the ground simply by the word of his mouth and the power of his spirit, then God can certainly create life in the womb of a woman simply by the word of his mouth and the power of his spirit. Can I make it more personal and practical for you right now? I need to ask this question then. What has God said to you that seems impossible? What promise has God given you that appears to be impossible? What are you dealing with right now? It seems impossible that if God said it, here it is. His word will not lack the power to bring it to pass. In fact, you ought to write it down right now. You ought to just practice it with your neighbor and say, my impossibility is always God's opportunity. That if you are up against something that's impossible, wait and watch God do something that's possible the text says after he considered this Joseph made up his mind I'm going to divorce Mary angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said Joseph son of David don't be afraid take her as your wife because what is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit She's going to give birth to a son. And you, Joseph, you will give him the name Jesus. Because he's going to save his people from their sins. And when you read further in that passage, Joseph woke up, did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do, took Mary home as his wife. The text says he had no union with her until she gave birth. And then he gave him the name Jesus. God spoke to Joseph in a dream, gave him an assignment that would change the world. I said that too fast. God spoke to Joseph in a dream and gave him an assignment that would change the world. Sometimes your assignment is not part of your story. Your assignment is just to play a small part in somebody else's story. Okay, y'all missed it. Joseph was stepping into somebody else's. Is there anybody here who's ever been caught up in somebody else's story? You know, I've noticed this about my favorite stars that I love to see in movies and stuff. Sometimes they're not always the star 
in every scene they appear in. Sometimes they're just going along and getting along and that's what God may be telling us to look at this Christmas as a well that you, you got your plans, you got your dreams, but sometimes you got to understand that, that you are a part of somebody else. The, the, the story that you are part of ain't your story at all. And, and, and you got to understand that even if it ain't your story, you still got to be loyal and you still got to love the person whose story it is about. Because I wish I, you got to sometimes lay your plans aside and support somebody else. You've got to sometimes stop trying to worry about being served and learn how to serve somebody else to see what God wants to do in their life. Because when God blesses somebody else, you ain't got to be jealous. It's because he's blessing them so that they can be a blessing to you. Go on and bless your neighbor real quick. I realize I can't get my blessing until I be a blessing. Man, I'm trying to, trying to open this thing up. That's what happened to Joseph in the text and the angel called him by his name Joseph son of David in other words God was saying in that one phrase I know who you are I know your name I know your history and I'm about to call you into your destiny I'm about to give you an assignment that's bigger than anything you've ever dreamed and it's literally going to change the world. Mary has been telling you the truth. You have a role to play in her story. Joseph, you are about to be the guardian of the savior of the world. I know you didn't understand it. I know it's hard to comprehend, but it all comes down to this my brothers and my sisters God knows who you are God knows your name God knows your history and right now I don't know who I'm talking to but God is calling you into your destiny and the question is are you willing to set aside your plan for a greater plan I, I know you got some ideas but can you put yours on the shelf and see what God's got up I was, see what he's I want to be into what God is up to because only you can do what God wants you to do I, I learned this a long time ago nobody else can do what God has called you to do <laughs> you're the only person in existence with your unique combination of gifts and talents and abilities and relationships and opportunities. I've learned a long time ago every pain and problem and all of my past experiences make me who I am to do what God wants me to do. You're the only one who can do what God has for you to do and so the question really is today is will you do it? Nobody else can do it but you. And you know because we, we, we like the showy gifts in church we, we we want the stage gifts if if i can preach or if i can if i could be publicly if i can but god might be calling you just to serve and and to share and and to that's ministry too i wish i had some help we're called to do many things y'all never ever 
Look at somebody's gift as smaller, insignificant. Everything works for the good of the glory of God. For those who are called, I wish I had some help here. Some of us are called to open businesses and to cook and to strategize and, and to inspire and to organize. Others of us are called to legislate and to motivate and to educate and adjudicate. Some of us are called to be lawyers. Some of us are called to be doctors. Some of us are called to be politicians and law enforcement and programmers and, and artists and musicians. And Only you can do what God created you to do. But can I just put a pin right here? Never think little of your gift. Because what you do for the kingdom has big consequences. Our obedience has a ripple effect. It's multi-generational. It helps those who, are, uh, who came before you and those who are coming after you. What you do may seem small and minute, but know after today that it's like a pebble dropped into a pond. It sends out ripples to the farthest shore. You have no idea how God uses your simple acts. People are, there are people who have not even been born yet in places that you've never even imagined, in ways that you couldn't conceive, who could be and would be and will be completed and transformed simply by you doing in this moment what God has assigned you to do. And so the question is, are you willing to trust God in what seems impossible because Joseph could have never imagined or dreamed that anything was like, like this was going to happen. He, he had to function solely in faith. Functioning in faith. I'm, I'm here to tell you. I, I, I need about 10 more witnesses after I say this. Functioning in faith sometimes means defying logic. Functioning in faith means that sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. This is a quiet church today. Look, look at your neighbor and say, we're going to be quiet, but we're going to listen. Functioning in faith means it doesn't appear like it's going to even work out. He realizes that God is calling him to play a supporting role in an unfolding drama. He is an unsung hero in the Christmas story. You never hear people talk about Joseph. Other than the fact that he's married to Mary. But because Joseph did what he did, listen, because he did what God told him to do, Mary was able to do what God wanted her to do. Okay, uh, let, me, let me say it like this. Without Joseph, Mary's mission would have failed. Without Joseph, Mary could not have survived. At the end of the day, I don't care what you say about Joseph, but you got to respect the man who mends a heart that he didn't break and raises a kid that he didn't make. That's a man, y'all. Trust God when things seem impossible, but secondly, Trust God when things are inconvenient. There's a lot of things I could say about walking with the Lord, but the biggest thing I can say is that most of the time it's inconvenient. Okay, 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 yeah. 
Y'all like comfortable Christianity. God wants to call you out of your comfort zone. And, and, and Luke 2 reports the story of an annual consensus called by Caesar Augustus for the purposes of determining taxation. It requires everybody to return to their birthplace to, to register. Joseph and Mary, who's nine months pregnant, has to travel 95 miles. He's traveling 95 miles with a pregnant woman. No, real pregnant woman. Sisters, I thought y'all would be a little bit louder than that. And they ain't driving around in no Escalade. He decides, this time around, different than, other pre than previous times, he wanted everybody to go back to the town where they were born in order to be counted. The confusion, the irritation, the inconvenience, the turmoil that Caesar puts all these people through. But let me give you this. Let me give you a reason for confidence even amid crisis. Our God is so amazing that he can use human stupidity and wickedness in order to accomplish his will. God can take what's meant for evil and use it for good. God can take your left and make it right. Joseph and Mary are in Nazareth. She's nine months pregnant, but Jesus has to be born in Bethlehem. Why? Because Micah has already prophesied it in Micah 5 and 2 <clears throat> that out of Bethlehem will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from of old, uh, from ancient times. Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem and so God actually used Caesar's legislation and regulations to get the couple in the right place and in the right position for Jesus to be born. So while Mary is carrying Jesus, Joseph is carrying Mary. All he got to do is protect her, provide for her. It was because of Joseph that Mary was able to complete her assignment. It's because Joseph did what God told him to do that Mary was able to do what God wanted her to do. I wish I had somebody to help me. Let me revisit my initial question. How might God want to use you to accomplish his will in somebody else's life? What have you done lately to help God accomplish his will? Not in your life, but in somebody else's life. Somebody ain't hearing me. What have you done to help somebody else's life fulfill the will of God for them? Who do you know right now? It's Christmas time. It's the time for giving. It's the time for sharing. Who do you know that's going through it? Who's going through a test and some kind of trouble or some kind of hardship and all they need is your support. All they need is your encouragement. Is there somebody in your life? 
somebody in your family, your home, your school, your neighborhood, who God is calling you to support. Listen, y'all hear me well. You are never anywhere by accident. You're not even here by accident. You're not hearing this word by accident. Accidents are just incidents of coincidence to achieve providence. We always, if you want to shout at church, if you want people to get really excited in church, talk about it's your season. How about God is trying to help you with somebody else's season? Ah, you see, I told you not that much. Yeah. <laughs> it was her season. Have you ever considered the fact and the possibility that this season ain't about you? Have you ever thought about that in this moment, the purpose of your life ain't about you? It might be about helping the will of God the plan of God and the purpose of God be done in somebody else's life. And guess what? Guess what? You don't have to go to seminary for it. You don't even have to go to basic Bible doctrine for it. You don't have to be trained for it. Just be available for it. People don't care how much you know. They just want to know that you care. Joseph didn't understand what was going on, but he understood enough to say yes to God. And by saying yes to God, he was able to do what he was supposed to do. And as he said yes to God, guess what? His hands were the first hands to touch Jesus. <clears throat> you got to get that. His hands were the first hands to touch Jesus. Uh, 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 Joseph entrusted himself into the hands of God. And God entrusted his son into the hands of Joseph. I'm through. Trust God when things are impossible. Trust God even when things are inconvenient. Let me give you this last one. Trust God when things are illogical. <clears throat> Everything for some of us has to be lined up perfectly for it to be of God. <clears throat> I'm gonna tell you right now, I've lived long enough to know that God never lines stuff up for me. <laughs> it always comes through other means. <clears throat> Matthew chapter one, verse 24 says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel commanded. When jo okay, he, he woke, his waking up was not a physical awakening. It was a spiritual awakening. Some of y'all need to just wake up. Because that's what it takes to do what God commands you. He woke up. Uh, he woke up to do what God, to, to what God was doing in his life and in the life of the, and, and in the world. And, and, and some of us need to wake up to what God is doing even when it seems illogical, even when it makes no sense. 
because Joseph has two similar experiences where God tells him to get up and do something and he gets up and he does it. Matthew 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This is after Jesus had been born. It's after the wise men had come. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Get up, take the child, his mother, escape to Egypt. Stay there till I tell you. Get up, take the child, escape to Africa. He goes to Africa. He goes to Egypt. Herod's trying to kill him. Herod's searching for him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night. He took them during the night. He left for Egypt. After Herod died, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go back to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are now dead. Now watch this phrase. He got up, took the child, his mother, went back to the land of Israel. But notice his response time. In both times, it says he got up. Okay, okay, okay. They, okay, I was going too fast. I was going too fast. When the angel told him to get up, he didn't look for a sign. I'm just going, I'm Terry and I'm, I need you to pray with me. God is working with me on something. I don't know if I should do it or not, but God is speaking to me. He, he didn't pray for verification. He, he didn't go get with his buddies and call them on the phone and say, listen, um, he, he didn't lay down a fleece to see if it was wet. Some of y'all don't even, y'all read your Bible. You'll know what I'm talking He, he didn't argue with God like Moses. You know, I can't really, you know, I'm, I stutter. I, the text says in each instance, he got up. This is going to bless you right here. Some of us miss our blessings because when God says, get up, we say, who, me? I don't even know who I'm talking to right now. But somebody, God has been telling you to get up and you've been putting it on the back burner. God, God is saying, I don't want you to go into 2024 like you coming out of 2023. Immediately, he did what God told him to do. He didn't bargain. He didn't try to make no demands. And, and, and he, when they left Nazareth, y'all, from Bethlehem, it wasn't for a couple of weeks. He had to move. To, he had to pack up. He was there for at least two years because that's how long it took for the Magi to get there traveling from the east. And that's why Herod wanted, he decided to murder the child because the boy was in Bethlehem was two years old. Y'all, this is historical. They were in Bethlehem for two years after they left Nazareth when Joseph left his house. He left his, his, he left his home. He left his business. He's le he left his mom and them. He left his cousin them. I'm sorry, some of y'all looking at me like, eh? He started all over again. Is there anybody here who knows what it's like to start over again? Hold on, let me bless you. It's okay if you got to start all over again. Some of us act like it's the end of the world because I got to give up this and I got to give up that. I, I, I had this good job and now I got to. It's okay if you got to start all over again. Because here it is. It, get, it gets better because he, he's finally getting on his feet. He's got a place to live. He's doing pretty good. And, and, then, and then he's got to walk away from everything. Why? Because he chose to trust God. Goes to Egypt. Stays there for a few years. God says, get up, go back to Israel. 
And once again, in spite of how illogical it seems, in spite of the cost, he trusts and obeys and does what God tells him to do. In all three instances, there was an immediate obedience on his part that tells us a lot about his character. His heart was tuned in to what God was trying to say. His life was tuned in to what God was trying to do. And he does what God instructs him to do through angels in spite of the cost and the Holy Spirit just told me to ask you the question, what about you? What about us? The angel said, wake up and don't be afraid. He responded quickly. How quickly do we respond to what God tells us? Come on, church, help me. I'm, I'm just talking to the resurrection members. How quickly do we respond? I don't know your story. I don't know anything about your story. But I do want to be a little bit more like Joseph. I told y'all I'm through preaching that I, I want to be like him, that when God says get up, I want to be the kind of believer who gets up. Because just like God sent an angel to talk to Joseph and God has sent his word to talk to us. God is talking to us every day. And the good news is this. All you got to do is not just hear it, but do what it says. When the text says Joseph was a righteous man, that word means to live according to the word of God. Everything will fail, everything will pass away, but the word will last forever. He lived according to the word of God. And that's why God gave him an assignment. It was his obedience in the past that created his opportunity in the present. You and I need to always remember that while we're waiting on God to tell us what to do next, that's a good time to ask ourselves, what have I done with what God has told me to do right now? Some of us are waiting for next and we ain't taken care of now. You've got to be faithful over a few things now before God will assign you over larger things later. And I'm challenged by Joseph. I'm challenged by his courage because of the risks he took. I'm challenged by his ability to just respond quickly to what God says. I'm also encouraged by Joseph because there's nothing written or spoken about him uh, speaking in tongues. He's, he, he's, he doesn't play a, a significant prominent role. There was nothing written here about him wearing a what would Jesus do bracelet or uh, how many versions of the Bible he could quote. There's nothing written here about his super spirituality. He's not a religious leader. He's never been to seminary. He has no title. He's not dubbed a reverend or a bishop or a pope. He's just an ordinary guy that God chose to do extraordinary things because he trusted and lived his life by the word of God. I'm going to give you this illustration and we're going to go home. I, 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 I love spy movies. I do. It's, 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 those are my favorite. The 007. Give me James. I don't give me any James Bond. Sean Connery was my favorite until the last one. Jason Bourne. Jack Ryan. I'm trying to help somebody. You need to get this in your spirit. Mission Impossible. 
I love spy movies. They always got sermon material. <laughs> Memorable quotes. And one of the common things of that kind of genre is that the, the, the secret agent has to meet at some point with his superiors. And, and the agent will say, before I go, I need to know what am I to expect when I get there. And the superior will always say something real smart, like, when we hired you, we hired you on a need-to-know basis. And all you need to know is that your instructions is to get on the plane. Fly to your destination that we assigned you. And when you get there, you will find everything you need to complete your mission. Because what the agent didn't understand was that the supervisor and his superiors had already made preparations in advance. All he needs to do is trust the instructions. I'm through preaching. That's a mic drop opportunity. That's what God wants us to do. That's what faith looks like. Yeah, God will tell you what you need to know. God will tell you where you need to go. You don't understand it. You may not comprehend it. But if you just go and just do when you arrive where God is sending you, when, where God is telling you, you'll discover that while you're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. Okay. Is there anybody here who has ever taken God at his word and discovered that God has it all under control? I could go on roll right now since I can't get many witnesses in here. Come here, Noah. Noah, build a boat. That's all you need to know. Abraham, look for a city. That's all you need to know. Moses, stretch out your rod. That's all you need to know. David, go get your rocks. That's all you need to know. Uh, help me here uh, 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 Ezekiel preached to some bones that's all you need to know Joshua march around Jericho that's all you need to know Joseph Mary Mary that's all you need to know Jesus carry a cross that's all you need to know because while they were trying to figure it out God had already worked it out a rescue for Noah, an inheritance for Abraham, a deliverance for Moses, a success for Joshua, victory for David, an army for Ezekiel, a savior for Joseph, and victory for Jesus over death, hell, and the grave. Because I heard that Jesus was raised up on the third day. We gonna celebrate the birthday, but he told us to celebrate his death because he died one Friday, stayed dead all Saturday, but early Sunday morning, he got up. He was raised from the dead and I'm glad he got up because he got up, you and I can get up because he got up, all things are possible. Because he got up, we can make some good choices. Because he got up, anything is possible. Won't he do it? I wish I had more voice. I said, won't he do it? I wish I could preach it like I feel it. But won't he do it? Won't he make things right? I know it. Say yes. 
What choices will you make this Christmas? God bless you. the Lord. That word required a response. What choice will you make today? Just as clear as pastor said it, somebody here today, that question was posed to you and you're sitting in your seat and you're wrestling. I don't want to go down that house. People are looking at me. But can I tell you this? God already saw you. He see you sitting in your seat, moving and twitching and, and doing all kind of stuff. He's calling you today to give your life to him. Can I tell you something else? You already know he called you to give your life to him. You know this and you're sitting there uncomfortable. But can I tell you also, I'm going to tell you a lot. But can I tell you this because I'm my pastor's child. He loves you. He loves you enough that he gave his son as a sacrifice just for you. And because he gave his son as a sacrifice, it's easy. All you have to do is admit that you need him and believe that he sent his son just for you. And then confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he did all this just for you. One day, I was that person he called, and I was wrestling because I was worried about what other people would say. I was worried about losing friends. I was worried about starting over. But can I tell you this? Jesus is the best thing that has ever happened in my life. And it's okay if you're gonna lose things. Because when you come to Christ, he'll restore everything. And when I tell you he gave it back to me a hundredfold, it's not going to be easy. But can I tell you this? <laughs> With Jesus, all things are possible. And the battle's not even yours. It belongs to him anyway. So as our deacons and our ministers come forth, if you're wrestling today, I ask everyone to stand on your feet if you have the activity of your limbs. And maybe somebody's standing next to you. I ask you to give them the support that they need like the Holy Spirit has given you. Pastor just said that it's not about us. And today it's not about you. If you've already did ABC, be there for somebody else today. Grab your neighbor's hand if they don't know God in the pardon of their sins. And they need somebody to support them to come down the aisle. Or we're so high tech right now, you can text the word JOIN to 830-689-8074. But right now we're here and we're waiting for you. We'll walk with you. He's already tugging at your heart. He's already telling you to come unto me all that are heavy laden and burdened. Bring it to me. We have some powerful deacons and some powerful ministers down here that did the exact same thing that you are sitting in your seat right now questioning to do. 
I can also tell you that when I came to Jesus Christ, he forgave me of everything that I was doing. He allowed me to come into his house. He allowed me to come home to him. He blessed me. He continues to bless my children. And ever since I came to resurrection, I've been growing. And I'm not talking about in a title. I'm talking about in Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you, if you come, you will do the same thing if you surrender to God today. He's waiting on you. He's waiting. And we're going to wait on you as well. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody here who is wrestling in their seat. And I want you to know that we love you and we are here for you. I want you to know that Jesus is waiting on you. I want you to know that there is no judgment. There is no judgment. The steps that you have to take today, every last one of us in here had to take those same steps. I'm not just talking about walking down the aisle. I'm talking about surrendering to God, surrendering our hearts and our minds, surrendering our wills. for that powerful word, that heart-changing word, that mind-regulating word that our pastor gave us on today. If it didn't allow you to have a different perspective on who Joseph was and who his will was, what his will that God had from was, I ask you to continue to seek God. 
Look, it's giving time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I get excited about giving because it's not about giving. You receive, somebody else receives when you give. And because of all that our church family do, that you do, we're able to do so much for our community, for our country, for those that are in need. And that's what it's all about. I meant to say this. Um, first of all, I didn't say it at the other service. I'll say it next week. Um, we just finished our, closed out the end of the year. We had our end of the year church meeting and we had a great time seeing where God is taking us. Amen. Let's just give God a praise for what he's done. Um, I'm gonna let you go. But because of your gifts, because of your faithfulness, your contributions, um, we were able to acquire a six and a half million dollar loan uh, for renovations at both campuses. Amen. Um, come on, give God some praise. Okay, first of all, you got to understand, nobody's giving you that kind of stuff. They got to see something. They trust enough in this ministry, in this church, uh, to see the vision and where we're going. Amen. Um, and I want to thank you for what you've done now. Um, the question has been, uh, how, do we, how do we do this? How do we manage this? It requires our continued faithfulness. Amen. I, I want you to do something for me. If you've not tithed in 2023 or even ever before, you tithe here and there, as we prepare to go into 2024, I want you to really think about your commitment to the church. Amen. How can you be, how can you help again to change the world by being faithful in what you're doing? for the church that God has assigned you to. You have an assignment. God has given you resources. Whatever God puts in your hands, he puts it in your hand because he trusts that you will manage it faithfully. We are stewards. He, he, you, you are a, a steward is a manager. Are you hearing me? Of something that belongs to somebody else. It all belongs to him. What would you do with the resources that God has given you? Let's use them to build the kingdom of God in ways that we've never even imagined that lives even far beyond us. Would you join me in doing that? Amen. Next year, we're going to talk about it some more. Again, I, uh, you're going to be blessed. Um, it's going to require when they do some of the major renovations, even inside this part of the building, um, that we may even have to uh, be like Joseph. We're going to have to go. <laughs> and worship someplace else until we come back and everything is done, amen? But listen, it's only because we are expanding the kingdom of God. God bless you, amen. And now God going to raise us some money, amen. Bless you, pastor. <clears throat> Give God a hand of praise for our pastor. <clears throat> Continue to keep him covered in prayer and he, for healing of his body as he stood up here. Sometimes carrying the gospel is a lot and the enemy will attack your body, but we praying and believe in God for his total healing and restoration, amen? Amen. Look, if you wanna give, like I said, we are so modern in technology. You can text <laughs> RBC1 to 77977 and follow the instructions given to you. It's up on the screen if you have any questions. If you also want to give financially with 
your uh, tangible money. We have offerings that you can give in the out in the vest of you. There are some. <laughs> there are some uh, drawers out there you can give, and our ushers will be waiting for you as well. We can do our church's vision statement. Please stand. I'm waiting on our deacons. Hey, that's a good thing. I'm waiting. The head, the body. Y'all know I love y'all. Our church vision. Who are we? Servants of Christ. Developing followers of Christ who share the love of Christ. Also, I want to reiterate, we have a grief share ministry. So on the 20th at 6.30, we're going to be sharing with those that are grieving. We know it's hard during the holidays, and sometimes it gets lonely. Surviving the holidays, it's a book, and when I tell you it's powerful, I have been a beneficiary of this ministry, and I am now part of one of the facilitators. If you want to sign up, we have books. You can get what Pastor Joe Bobby Clerkley is the leader. She's not here right now. But Pastor Joe, our congregational pastor, has some books. And we'll also make sure that it's online for you to sign up the 20th, which is this week at 630 on Zoom. Amen. Let us go home. May the Lord watch between you and me while we're absent one from another. God, cover and keep us. Be with us. Lead and guide us in your sweet name, Son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Our prayer warriors are in the back. Our prayer warriors are in the back.